Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Well, Mark, I've been with Ping for years and they're an unbelievable company. They've helped me play my best and they can do it for you too. All right, so what's so good about this new wedge you've been mucking around with? Because that's all I've been hearing about, Mm. these new wedges that are on the way. It's the Ping S159 wedge range. They're unbelievable. And there's a heap of different options too. Whether you're a player who prefers a versatile wedge, you like to have a steep angle Mm. of attack into the ball, or perhaps you prefer a wedge that plays with low bounce. I know you like your bounce, Mark. Mm. So the Ping S159 range has a wedge for any kind of player? Spot on. And I'm not saying you're going to beat Tiger with the S159 oh, oh, oh. wedges from Ping, but oh. they're certainly going to help you play your best. Wow. So just book in with your local golf shop or professional to arrange a Ping club fitting. Never misses a chance to slip in a Tiger mention. Oh, absolutely. <laughs> Good on you. It's week 50 of the golfing calendar, and this is the final talk birdie to me for 2023. You kind of think golf news might be winding down a bit, but oh no, there is a heap of golfing news going on. Thank you very much to Ping. They'll help you play your best. You can get a Ping club fitting from your local golf shop or professional. Great Chrissy Prezzy idea too, by the way. And the Golf Clearance Outlet. They're in Sydney, Melbourne, Brisbane, Perth, and online at golfclearanceoutlet.com.au. Also great for Christmas. But now... The host of the number one Australian golf podcast for the last time in 2023. Here's Nick O'Hearn and Mark Allen. This is Talk Birdie to Me. Okay, so it's our last episode of 2023. I'm at Australian Golf Headquarters. Nick O'Hearn is up at the mansion, just uh, taking care of the moat. Apparently he's got an alligator <laughs> problem up there, uh, is what I've heard last. Uh, and the drawbridge isn't going down like it should. G'day, Nick. You are full of it. G'day, Mark. Good to good to chat as always, mate. Yeah, we're a cathedral, just messing around up there again. No, no, we're at our place near cathedral, you know. So there's a lot of grass to be mown. There's uh, plenty to do. He downplays it, doesn't he? He does downplay it. Downplays it. Jeez. Have you got Have you got permission <laughs> to mow that grass? Because we know some councils uh, it makes it very, very difficult. Uh, yes, no, I certainly have permission. Yeah, there's course. plenty of it. You're talking like Nick mows the grass. I think he's got people to mow the grass. <laughs> yeah, I reckon that might be. I reckon that might <laughs> yeah. be accurate. Can we start with this, please? This week, Footjoy Gate, and I'm talking about not tideless Footjoy. I am talking about Tiger Woods wearing Footjoy shoes for almost two years now, and this got my uh, this got me going. I mean, nowhere else, Nick, is this a big story except. Right here on Talk Birdie to Me. Nowhere else in the world until recently. Now, this week, one reporter went to Tiger Woods uh, towards the end of the father-son and said um, he was asked uh, to clarify his relationship with Nike. And this is what he said, I'm still wearing their product. After So the guy went back in for more. He goes, is this the end of it coming up? Because most people know that, in the industry anyway, that his deal ends up at the end of 2023. And he didn't elaborate. He just said this once more. I'm still wearing their product. 
Well, is this the end of it coming up? I'm or? still wearing the product. Okay. If I'm Mr. Nike and I'm paying this bloke, let's say it's $100 million Australian dollars a year to wear Nike head to toe and I see you wearing FootJoy shoes, I would immediately uh, get you on the phone and say, Mr. Woods, I'd like to see you in my office. And then when he got there, I'd say, now listen, uh, Eldrick, we are paying you $100 million a year to wear Nike head to toe so we can sell more Nike golf shoes. I'm not paying you $100 million a year so you can sell more FootJoy golf shoes. What do you reckon his answer would be, Nick? (laughs) Well, I think I mentioned this previously. I have a bit of inside knowledge on all this sort of thing. Um, Through a mutual friend, I did mention this, who's fairly high up in the Nike chain, and he said quite a while ago that uh, Tiger is wearing foot joys. They've asked him to wear the Nikes, but he prefers the foot joys, and that's the deal. So Nike kind of have to go, well, do we upset the apple cart here and, and uh, you know, revise things? Perhaps they're waiting until the end of this contract. I don't know. But it's in a way, it's a little bit like – it's funny you, you bring this up because we watched uh, – the family and I, we watched the movie Air. Have you seen that? Yeah, great show. Oh, great show. Rip it it is. Great phenomenal. Show. Phenomenal film. All about Michael Jordan and – and how the Nike deal came to pass with Matt Damon, Ben Affleck, all that sort of thing. So it's, so much fun. So when you get show. superstars, yeah, when you get superstars like uh, Michael Jordan, mega stars really is what we're talking. You know, once in a generation, and Tiger Woods. Well, you kind of almost need to have some flexibility there. I would imagine. Yes, the shoes are a big part of the deal, but. I think for them, the cap, the shirt, they're the most prominent things. Do people really pay attention to what he's wearing? Obviously, they do because he is wearing foot joys. But we all we all know that foot joys are the best golf shoes in yes. the world. Yes, I we mean, do know that. They are hands down. It's like the ball. Tyler Star, the best ball. Um, we all know that as professional golfers. So, And given the state of his leg, his foot and all that sort of thing, he's just going to wear what's comfortable for him. He's used to wearing them, obviously, and it's what what's working for him. But but Nick, this is Nike. I mean, they could get a foot I joy. Know. They could I get know. a foot joy, cut it into eights, and 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 see what their foot joy secret <laughs> is, and they could make a pair of foot joys with a with a Nike swish on the side. So I I, I think there's more to this. I, I mean, I'd be staggered. I'd be staggered after what he said at the father son event. And knowing that his Nike deal comes to an end in 2023, so in three weeks, I think it's over. Yeah. It's my prediction. I might come back next year with egg all over my face. But I think it is all over Red Rover. So I wonder where he's going to go next. Where would you go next? Well, tailor-made, Adidas, you know, that sort of thing. I mean, if you look at that um, story way back when about Michael Jordan, he was going to Adidas and ended up going with Nike. So Adidas is a pretty popular... uh, a uh, bit of gear amongst a lot of uh, different athletes. But um, you could be right, and, and it'd be sad in a way because some athletes, you just – you know they're, they're that – when you mention their name, you know the brand they wear. It's like Roger Federer. He was always Nike, but that ended. Um, mm. And then he became – what was it? Uh, Uniqlo, I think it yeah. was, for quite a while. And, yeah, that's right. Uh, he did a deal for his own shoes as well. So I've done a little bit of research, just a little bit. When, mm-hmm. uh, when Nike first signed Michael Jordan – their goal was to make $3 million a year on the back of him wearing their shoes. Yep. These days, with the Air Jordan brand, they make $3 million a day. 
So, <laughs> so to me, I'm staggered Tiger Woods isn't thinking along the same lines. Surely you get together with the people at Nike and say, let's make the best golf shoe in the whole world. And then, you know, I mean, people will just wear what he's wearing. I mean, I don't know whether it's a coincidence or mm. not, but in the last two years since Tiger's been wearing the foot joy, I've seen more of the classic looking foot joy on tours around the world than any other shoe all of a sudden. So he moves the needle no matter what he does. Anyway. Yeah. I'm staggered. Yeah. No, I, hey, well, I guess we'll find out next year because the deal's coming to an end. But the way he answered those questions, he could have dispelled the rumors pretty easily, but he didn't. So, mm. yeah, it's like the, you know, it's the rumors with the live players. Hey, are you going? Well, I'm, I'm just playing my schedule right now. You know, they're not answering. So. There's huge money in these shoes too. I know it's not sport, but uh, but Kanye West was with Adidas and he had the uh, the Yeezy shoes. Yeah. And at one point in time, the value that that, that deal's obviously collapsed in a, in a terrible yeah. heap now because he's being a, an absolute. He's lost bag. his mind. Oh, he's an idiot. Yeah. I mean, he's an absolute tool. Yeah. Yeah. However, the value of sales and revenue from that shoe line compared to the the entire rest of the Adidas business yeah. was higher. Yeah. Just for that shoe. Just for that shoe. That's right. A lot of cash there. That is right. Hey, let's go from um, Tiger, who uh, was wearing foot joys, to Charlie, who was wearing Nikes. Um, (laughs) I I put to you, Nick O'Hearn, that Charlie Woods is swinging better than his dad. Ooh. Yeah, I'd have to agree with you, to be honest. (laughs) Uh, There's a lot more flexibility in that lower body. Tiger's looking – Tiger's swing was actually looking pretty good, but it's – he's very – Bulky up up to up top, you know, which he has been obviously the last, I don't know, ten or fifteen years, I guess you could say. But he's not certainly looking as athletic, that's for sure, no. through the ball. It's very much an upper body swing. Yeah. And I'm going to talk a little bit about that in the masterclass later. But uh, you watch Charlie, and it's the beauty of youth, isn't it? What is he? Yeah. 14, 15 years old, and 14. um, that lower body through the ball is impressive. Uh, and I, uh, well, I think we've mentioned this before, but uh, I love what Tiger's done with the equipment. I, I can just I can see it. I end up watching a lot because you know I'm curious, and you know when you got someone like uh, Charlie swinging it the way Charlie is, and his dad's Tiger, it's you know I just, I just love following it. This, I mean, it, it, mm. it blows my mind. You know, all the of all the other golfers out there, there hasn't been in my experience anyway someone who's come along and looked the way Charlie has looked compared to all the other father sons. Plus, it's the mannerisms. Yeah, like the, it's the recoil, the club twirl, the finger point, the fist mm. pump. It is. It's a mini me, and we've you know we've mentioned this in earlier podcasts. But his athletic ability is frightening, and I think mm. I've again I've mentioned this previously. But we, our um, my youngest daughter is a similar age to their uh, oldest child, Sam, who was actually catting for Tiger. I saw. Mm. Um, so the kids used to hang out together, and we, we'd get together post. You know what happened, obviously between uh, Tiger and Elon, but um, and I'd uh, I'd play some odd ball sports with Charlie uh, in the backyard, and and this kid was phenomenally yeah. gifted, he, phenomenally a good gifted. Soccer so, player, well, they tell me. Soccer player, basketballer, uh, yeah, you know, I think he's just anything with hand eye. He's pretty good. Well, let me read this. Um, this is just a little article because I think everyone's. Um, wants to know where he's ranked over there in America. And we've spoken about this before. Last time we spoke about this, he wasn't in the top 30 in his age group. Mm. In Florida, not in America, just in one state, Florida. Um, This was in an article I read. Charlie is ultra-talented while he is still newer to competitive golf. (laughs) Think about that. I mean, he's been playing since he's 12 competitively. Um, The opportunity to excel long-term because of the wealth of experience he can tap into and the opportunity to learn from the greatest of all time on how to play and prepare – uh, there's a fair bit going. Uh, it says up here, 
Now, Charlie is ranked 80th overall in high school. Remember, high school in America, it's only the last four years of your schooling. Uh, and he's a freshman, so he's he's in year nine. Uh, he was the ninth ranked freshman in Florida. So that's, he's, he's moving up the ranks, but he's certainly not that's, that's number good. one. Yeah, that, yeah, that's much better. And, and uh, 28th out of uh, 1,400 in Class 1A. Uh, where his Benjamin School competes, so that gives you a, a bit of a, you know, a, a real bit of insight into the depth of golf in America. That there are that many kids better than Charlie mm. Woods, the way he swings the club, the experience he's had, the fact that his dad's the best player we've ever seen, ever in my lifetime. Anyway, I, did, I, I kind of caught the end of Jack, but I've never seen anything like Tiger in any sport. Any sport, yeah. except maybe Djokovic. And and I think at that age, really, yeah, he's 14 years old. Let the kid just play, have a bit of fun for a while, and then when he gets to college, have another look at it. But the scores he's shooting is actually – it just goes to show you how good these kids are now because, um, you know, some of the scores he's shooting are in the mid-70s, but he's also shooting – Best score of the year I saw or read was 66. I mean, yeah. that's impressive as a 14-year-old. I don't know the first time I shot yeah. in the 60s, but certainly wasn't when I was 14. So uh, give it time and, yeah, he's got the best mentor ever, if you ever wanted one, Yeah, in, in a golfing sense. The only thing I, I worry about with him is that just got to be careful he doesn't get a little too cocky, you know, too early. So yeah. uh, just... Just kind of watch how that goes because that can sometimes lead you down paths which you don't want to go. I wouldn't be surprised if Tiger knocks the crap out of him for that sort of stuff. I, I, I think he'd know. <laughs> I think he'd know. Hey, just on the kids and and why in America they're so good. One, uh, they're playing tournaments when they're about eight years old. Two, uh, and this is just an example from my uh, tech team at Texas Tech. Everybody on scholarship at Texas Tech lived on a golf course when they were a kid. Everybody, mm-hmm. some of the walk-ons and some of the players who came through didn't, but everybody who had a scholarship in the late 80s at my uh, college lived on a golf course. And, and Nick, you yeah. would have seen that firsthand. You, you've, you've seen what country club life is like for girls and boys who play golf. I mean, they go to school and they just turn up in the driving range, don't they? Yeah, well, Tiger lived next to the range where we were in Arworth, and, uh, and I think... A lot of the, I mean, the accessibility over there is is incredible. Um, there's so many gated communities they have, especially yeah. in Florida, but throughout the country where you just grow up on a golf course and it's awesome. We don't, you know, we, you can do that a little bit here in Australia, but not as much as America. And just through sheer numbers, I mean, what do they have? 10 to 15 times the population of what we have here in Australia. So mm-hmm. through sheer numbers, you're just going to get some phenomenal little talented kids and um, you know, our biggest strength here in Australia was the coaching programs where we taught, uh, we were very uh, technique-based, I think, and yep. had really good fundamentals. And over there, they've learnt that, okay, yeah, um, you know, I think we need to go down that path as well. So they're getting the best of both worlds now. Sheer numbers plus the uh, plus the coaching has improved so much through looking at models elsewhere in the world like here in Australia. Uh, it's time to talk about leaving the PGA Tour. This won't go away for quite a while, but... Um, a lot mm. of people asking questions why other players haven't been announced as yet. Uh, Greg Norman keeps on saying that more are going to be coming over. One of the reasons, Nick, that uh, John Rahm was happy to go early is because he won the Masters last year and uh, he's got four more years of lining up straight into the majors um, and also his world ranking. But but some of the other players who are rumoured to come across to live, um, well, they haven't won a major. They're very big-time mm. players, 
but they haven't won a major. What do you reckon they'd be doing before the very first tournament in Mexico for <laughs> Live? What, what do you what do you think they're going? I mean, if they've got an eye on Live and a and an eye on their bank balance, mm. what would be the most important thing for them to do first before coming across to Live? <laughs> well, it's all about world ranking points, isn't it? And trying to get in that top fifty for sure. And uh, checking the schedules out here on both tours. The first event live is the first week of February. So before that on the PGA tour, there's the uh, the Century, which is the tournament winners one. So yeah. for a lot of those, you know, a lot of the players, they, they'd probably be in that one. And then um, you've got Sony Open in Hawaii, the American Express in California, and then Torrey Pine. So you've got, you know, three to four events that these guys can play. And if they play well in, you know, just top up that world rankings, just go, yep, okay, I've solidified my spot for this year and maybe even for the following year, and yeah. then perhaps they, they, they go across and, and sign those big contracts. I mean, I was reading throughout the week, Norman said his phone, is, his phone has been blowing up from about eight to 12 players apparently asking, how do I, how do I come across? Um, you know, Ram said in an interview he's sort of laying low until February. Apparently, he's under strict instructions. I don't know who gave him those instructions as to as to not do too many interviews, but uh, he was obviously giving an interview at the time when he said that. But um, yeah. uh, And then I also saw, you know, a couple of things like, because Ram was talking about, you know, let's make these things 72 holes, not 54. Taylor Gooch sort of got in on the conversation, but I, it's not going to change. I mean, Lib is 54. I mean, Lib mm-hmm. is Roman, Roman numerals 54. So unless they want to change it to a different name, I'd say it's going to stay that way. But uh, there's a lot of uh, there's going to be a lot of back and forth going on. I think throughout the uh, the month of January, and then once the schedule's set, we'll see what happens. Because Ram, remember, he has a new team. They've added the 13th team, so he needs three players with him. And I, I guess uh, I'm sure quite a few of those players on the PGA Tour are just uh, maybe sending John an extra Christmas present right now. Yeah. What do you think? Yeah, you're spot on. <laughs> Comment on the socials this week from James Matthews, who says Xander Shoffley is a certainty to go to live. What do you think? Uh, if I'm Xander Shoffley and I've been offered, let's say, uh, 150 million, because the money will get silly, it'll get stupid now. I, I would back in that. Both the PGA Tour and Live are going to dance. They'll, they'll dance together at some stage. This money will never be there ever again once they start getting together. So if I'm Shoffley, if I'm Cantlay, if I'm uh, anyone else who hasn't won a major and I'm trying to top up my world ranking points early in January to make sure that I get in this year's majors, um, I'm taking the cash straight away because I, I, I really do think that Live and the PGA Tour, and the Saudis, and Tiger, and everybody will get together and they'll make it work. They will make it work, and I reckon in 2025, Mm. we'll all be dancing together. And the people who signed the contracts will have a boot full of cash, and the ones who didn't, they'll still get a boot full of cash. I'm sure it'll happen. Mm. What would you do, Nick? Well, this deadline, what is it, a couple of weeks away? Uh, December 30. First or whatever it was, uh, you know, that they were going to uh, make some sort of announcement. That'll be a postponement, I'm yep. assuming, yep. of some sort. I did see during the week um, uh, Joe Ogilvie, who's a former tour player. I don't know if you remember Joe, but actually, you know what? I reckon you and him in a bunker competition would be fascinating because he's one of the best bunker players. Nick. He's, he's one of the best bunker players I've ever seen. Wash your mouth out with soap, please. <laughs> please. Put him uh, on a plug line on a downslope, landing the ball on a downslope right. on a fast All screen. Right. Let's see how good he is. <laughs> 
Well, I can't was, remember him hitting out of a bunker and two putting. It was always an <laughs> up and down from, from Joe. The other thing I loved about Joe playing with him was that he's one of the fastest players you'll ever play with. Oh, it was I brilliant. like him. I like him. Did you notice, Dan, that Nick has uh, dodged the question that yeah. I asked him? Hasn't answered it yet. Did, did, did you Did you notice? I, I, I did notice. I oh, know I haven't. So what would you do, Nick, is my question. <laughs> I'm circling. <laughs> well, the, it, I have a feeling, I kind of have a feeling, just you know, reading various comments, and Joe made bit of a comment about it, I think, on his Twitter feed about, um, you know, all these uh, different uh, investment groups, private inv- inv- private equity groups. What was the one we spoke about last week? Uh, strategic sports yep. group or yep. whatever. Yep. These people tipping in billions, perhaps they all of a sudden just go down their own path, maybe not go down the PIF route, and then we've separated for good. So I'm, I'm not sure where it's going to go, but I, I think looking at it, yes, I think they will. They kind of have to go together, I would imagine. Yeah. What would I do if I was those players? Yes. Probably exactly what you just said. You'd take the cash and and then just sit and wait and and go from there. Because at this point, as we said last week, I mean, Jay Monaghan legitimized sports sports yep. washing basically at that June six agreement when he said, "Yep, we're going to combine, we're going to partner with them and stop all this." So. The players that go now, you can't blame them, and uh, I don't see a reason why they wouldn't, unless they, you know, feel that. They're already pretty very content where they are and they don't really want to go across and play these three-day tournaments um, if they're in the prime of their career and they're really geared up for the majors. We know Spieth, Thomas, McElroy, those guys aren't going to do it. But mm. if uh, if Shoffley goes, as as was mentioned there, Cantlay's going with him. I think the one fear that the, the PGA Tour might have is, is well, Wells Fargo, which is a, a huge golfing name these days. They've been part of the tour for a long, long time. They're pulling the plug after their event this year. And from what I understand, they're pulling the plug because the PGA Tour is now dealing with the Saudis. So they're they're, they're making mm. that stance. They're not pulling the club uh, pulling the plug because uh, the best players are going across to live. They're not going to you know go across to live anytime soon. But they were disappointed with the sports washing aspect. Yeah. Um. I reckon. I reckon by now, the PGA Tour has probably had a word to all their sponsors. Understand who's staying and 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 who's going. Um. Uh, and I think that's going to be a big factor as well. If, if there's just one fell, if there's just one Wells Fargo that are going, I don't see that as a big loss when you've got the eight hundred mm-hmm. billion dollar fund uh, that you're playing with. Not in the PIF sense, no. no that's no. what they've uh, that's what they've got. But if if they don't join, well, that is a big loss because then all of a sudden they've got to find another sponsor there to take over that tournament now. We've said before, if they're going to, you know, try and fight this with money, that it's a losing, mm. it's a losing cause, obviously. Um, and it, it's interesting. You look at the players that are coming through now. Who, I mean, Minwoo Lee just got his PGA Tour card for this coming season. Did you see the uh, the hype video that was dropped? By the way, yeah, you sent it to me uh, earlier in the week. Unbelievable! Oh, since uh, yeah. for for the PGA Tour to do a hype video on Minwoo Lee. I think that is just amazing. I mean, they are trying to cash in on the excitement that we all feel. I have a feeling it was Minwoo Lee's team that did it rather than the PGA Tour. Oh, I didn't know that. <laughs> I thought it was the PGA Tour. I'll have another look. I'll have to have another look. But I thought it was Minwoo's because there was some sort of apparently a SpongeBob reference in there or something. Maybe it was to do with the music. But I tell you what, the music in it, the music in it wasn't as good as our Ping Global Results Top no, 10 music. I can no. tell you that right now. Not even close. <laughs> Hang on, so we've got the PGA Tour card. I'm just having a look at it now. It's time for the moment you've been waiting for. Da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da
preparing the PGA Tour. team are very good not quite as good as our team yeah. here but they're very very good hey guys back on the live yeah. just for a sec uh so if if they don't join as you suggested nick a moment ago could happen if, let's mm. assume for a moment they don't join if you look at the nba if you look at uh, football in the in the uk the uh, the, the, the baseball everything yeah. these sports go and identify these killer young players really early and sign on a big contract yes. very young yeah let me put this to you they'll be seeing charlie woods doing what he's doing Let's say they don't join, and let's say in a year or so he's improved even again, which he will. Yeah. Do you think Liv would look at uh, someone like Charlie? Yeah, of course they would. Uh, they, 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 they would. They would. They're not going to get him. Whether they get him or yeah, they wouldn't get him. No, Dad, Dad wouldn't allow that one. But at, at the end of the day... The... Dad would cut him off, Nick, <laughs> if that happened. <laughs> I, I, I think the, the people that have the most power right here is, is the four, four majors. Because at, at the end of the day, that's what golf is, is all about. The history, the... Everyone knows the number, right? You know, it's 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 Jack's eighteen majors, it's Tiger's fifteen, it's yep. whatever. Go down the list. They're the they're the things that as golfers we all play for. You know, if you're growing up, what did you want to do? Well, you wanted to win uh, the British Open or the Masters or whatever. One of the four majors, um, or the Australian or your National yeah. Open, something like that. So, if uh, if they if they come into the argument, and you know, with the Masters especially. Uh, <laughs> I don't think they're gonna. I don't think I don't think they're gonna play ball with them. Um, the RNA, the USGA, and and is it the PGA of America run the other three? Well, we'll see what happens there. So um, it's going to be a fascinating year or two coming up. That's for sure. We yeah. thought twenty twenty three was big, but I think twenty twenty four could be even more chaotic. Uh, I, and by the way, the more I think about the Grand Prix of golf with the four majors and the Players Championship and the four or five best. Uh, tournaments in America, just off their normal circuit, uh, and then you know the Australian Grand Prix, the Irish Grand Prix, the Scottish Grand Prix, uh, the China Grand Prix, Japan Grand Prix, maybe about sixteen of them. The more I I like the sound of that, where we're getting the best players in the world together much more often, uh, and I could imagine mm-hmm. it here in Australia, Nick. I mean, I know our tournaments are in November, December, our big ones, but my God, if if we put the Australian Open in February, straight after the Australian Open tennis, um, and then you had the Australian PGA before it, the Australian uh, Masters or the maybe a Sandbelt Classic after it. Um, gee, would it would just line up? You know, we 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 get a couple of players either side of the um, the Australian Open, where all the best players are there, maybe playing in the PGA, maybe playing in the Australian Open. It would be the biggest game changer of all time if that was to take place. Mm. And then when we're talking about billions and billions and billions of dollars, you'd feel like we would be a winner not only in our big events, but also in our smaller events, Yeah, men and women. And that's the other thing. You know what? I don't think the PIF, I don't think this fund has really pulled the biggest trigger of all yet. And that's women's sport. Mm. You wait, and, and, and golf is going to be right there. You wait until they go. Okay, <laughs> you want you want the full court press? Here you go, everybody. You wait until they start funneling some cash into women's golf. That it will be it'll be game over. 
it'll be game over, and they're here to play. Yeah, well, they already do, you know, with the Aramco series and all that. But uh, once they start pumping some, you know, mm. lives like money into it, look out. Hey, I'm all aboard uh, your uh, bifurcation too. Um, I know you sent me a little picture oh. of the Titleist 975D, the old bore through that Tiger used to have an X100 pushed through an inch and then Aaron Badley copied him completely when he was a 19-year-old as an amateur and won the Aussie Open. <laughs> he, got it, he had exactly the same driver. But when the rollback comes in, it's going to come in, um, the very next step is to go back to that size head. And I, I, think, that, mm. that, I think that looks after... Pretty much everything. Yeah, no, I agree. Well done, well, well done for putting it out there. Something under three hundred cc, you know, that, that that driver. I thought, yeah, that was a good size. I never used it myself. I was, I was the pin guy, obviously. But I think it was the I, Thai ISI or something like that was the driver back, which was fairly comparable. But um, make it smaller. Yep. And then all of a sudden, guess what? And and you think about it. One of the things that Tiger said when he was talking about his son Charlie during the interviews afterwards was how much speed Charlie has, and he says, yes, but that's because yep. of the technology. Yep. He said, if he'd have grown up with my my stuff, you wouldn't have seen that speed because at his age, guess what? I didn't have that speed is what he mm. said. Yeah, that's right. So uh, he developed it a little later. Uh, he, he he didn't win any of his, any of his USGA championships because he won six in a row. He won the under-18s three times in mm. a row, then won the uh, US Amateur three times in a row. So six in a row, which you know, is, that, that record will never be beaten in the history of the world. You can, the world can keep going for another 10,000 years. No one will win six USGA events like that in a row. Just it just can't happen. All match play too, Nick. Which is you know, you know of all people, like who beat him twice. You, you should have been playing that year. You would have you would have stopped the roll. <laughs> but he was using a wooden club before that. So when he was fourteen, mm. he was still using persimmon. I think he won the first USGA with the tiny little tailor made one. You know, the very first one that came out. Yeah. So he's even that tailor made. I mean, you still had to swing easy with that because it was such a yeah. tiny little head. It was actually smaller mm. than a persimmon head. Yeah, that was the burner, wasn't it? Yeah, remember? that's it. That's it. Did you have one of those? A little burner. Oh, well, yeah. No, I actually I remember having a uh, a 13-degree spoon as well, Yeah, I, a tailor-made I, spoon. I had a spoon. Way back in the day. I had a spoon. <laughs> but I, I, look, I used to look down at that tailor-made burner. It was too small. And, and like I said, my, yeah. my persimmon club was bigger, so I was happy to hang on to the persimmon <laughs> one until finally – I think uh, the first metal wood I ever used was that top flight thing that had a graphite face, and they were giving them out at the Masters one year. And I thought, oh, I'll give us a go. Oh, wow. And it, did, it just popped away. It was amazing. Get yourself a party <laughs> pie uh, and a cappuccino, um, and I'll see you on the 10th tee. Yeah. Almond flat white. Sounds good. Cheers. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me, because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates, like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash spoken today. Well, Mark, I've been with Pink for years, and they're an unbelievable company. They've helped me play my best, and they can do it for you too. All right, so what's so good about this new wedge you've been mucking around with? Because that's all I've been hearing about, mm. these new wedges that are on the way. Yeah, it's the Ping S159 wedge range. They're unbelievable. And there's a heap of different options too. Whether you're a player, 
who prefers a versatile wedge. You like to have a steep angle mm. of attack into the ball. Or perhaps you prefer a wedge that plays with low bounce. I know you like your bounce, Mark. Mm. So the Ping S159 range has a wedge for any kind of player? Spot on. And I'm not saying you're going to beat Tiger with the S159 wedges from Ping, but they're certainly going to help you play your best. So just book in with your local golf shop or professional to arrange a Ping club fitting. Never misses a chance to slip in a Tiger match. absolutely. (laughs) Good on you. You know, the golf clearance outlet, it is pumping. It is flying. And its membership club is going nuts. That's how good they're going at the golf clearance outlet. What's the membership club called? It's called GCO Live. It costs 19 bucks a year. That is it. $19 a year. It's incredible. And here's what you get. Weekly golf giveaways. Monthly draws for bucket list experiences, access to special deals and sales, and automatic entry into all their comps. Hey, not long ago, they gave away a playing spot in the Live Pro-Am. And Sam, he actually played with DJ. And this month, they're giving away a trip for two to Mission Hills Golf Club. Flights and accommodation all included. 19 bucks a year. What an offer. Join GCO Live now at golfclearanceoutlet.com.au. Like the podcast? Oh, maybe tell a friend. Drop them a text or share it on your socials. This is Talk Birdie to Me with Nick O'Hearn and Mark Allen. So I finished golf uh, yesterday, Nick. Uh, I played played during the week. Mm-hmm. And uh, the bloke I'm playing with, his name is Gareth, and his wife, uh, Joanna, played with us as well. Gareth tells me to have this drink, all right? Because I, I love golf club drinks. They're very different. Than anywhere else, right? Oh yeah. There are some people who have, there are some people who have ginger beer and milk at my club. What? Ginger beer oh, wow. and milk? That's ridiculous. We used to have Coke and milk back in the day. That was the brown cow. I don't know if you never that one. No, no. I've had a brown cow, but it's no? uh, very alcoholic and uh, not bad after a big <laughs> night. The brown cow I know. Okay. Uh, yeah, but anyway, um, this bloke goes, "Do you want to?" Uh, he goes, "I'm thinking, what do I want to drink?" And you know, I'm thinking, you know, what is it? The lemon lime and bitters, or soda and bitters, or what? Yeah, whatever it is. He goes. Have a grapefruit juice and tonic. Okay, right, Ooh. Right, I'll give this a go. Okay. I'm now hooked. I'm oh, now really? 100% hooked. It's like a, it's like having a fruit tingle, a drink, and there's no sugar in it. It must just, wow. it's very acidic. I think tonic has a bit in it, doesn't it? I don't know. So does tonic have that in? Does tonic have sugar in it? Well, oh. I don't know what it has in it, but I don't think it's that good for you. Although I had a GNT last night, so uh, anyway, I'm on your. Train. I didn't have the grapefruit <laughs> juice though. Is there a day you don't you go without having the drink, Nick? Your G and T's, wines. It's the festive season. You don't mess around, do you? <laughs> well, when Jeeves the butler brings the drinks to him all the time, that's yes, what happens. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I'm joking. Have you got some feedback for us, Dan? Oh, have we got feedback? Here we go. Uh, you're happy to talk Liv uh, and uh, PGA again? Yeah, of course we are. We love Liv. Cause of course. Because that, that is the bulk of the feedback. Are you kidding me? Really? 
Yeah, it is, yeah. All right, so here we go. Adam McKenzie has said, uh, great thought uh, from Mark Allen that Tiger is the man to form the right team and has the game of golf foremost in his heart mm. to broker a deal between Liv and PGA. Yep. He goes on to say, Liv aren't going anywhere. There's got to be a compromise. And I agree, Tiger's the key. Yeah, well, look, I, I don't think he's got the business acumen mm-hmm. uh, required, but I certainly do think he has uh, power in any room that he would be in. So I think that'd be a big head start. I think the business acumen would be right behind him carrying the briefcases, yep. but I think he's the man to, to look uh, the Saudis in the eye and shake hands and make sure everyone's looked after. That'd be mm-hmm. my guess from a long, long, long way away, Dan. Yeah. A long way away. Craig McCarthy said, this is, and he's talking about the Ram stuff, this is Liv teaching the PGA Tour a lesson. If you screw around with petty power plays, we will start poaching your talent again. Liv is winning. Yeah. No, I uh, certainly agree there. They uh, they've got that bankroll. What, is, what did you say earlier? Eight hundred billion. Eight hundred billion. And uh, if they just want to, uh, you know, just put a little bit of a half court press on, well, guess what? Mm. Out comes the checkbook, and so they go take a look at this, fellas, because there's plenty more where this came from. Yeah. So they're, they're not even trying yep. at the moment. They're not even no. trying, mate. One of the things that we're, we're really good at, I think, on this show, you guys are really good at, is taking people who maybe have a different view to you and, and talking about it. I think it's good, and, and I think we should do it. I think we should be open to that. On air anyway. Well, <laughs> <laughs> come on, don't go there. So Chris Hogman has written in, and Chris has said, this is in response to the, the conversation last week about Live and PGA. Right. This is Chris's view. And the live bashing continues from you. Oh. Not one word about how the PGA Tour has treated its members, which is making them want to leave. Now, Chris is entitled to his view. Yeah. Uh, nothing wrong with that. Uh, he's, he's enti- and I'm glad he's, I'm glad he's, he's yeah. expressed his view. That's fine. What, what, do you, what do you guys think? Well, hang on a second. I did say, I think, last week that Jay Monaghan uh, gave everyone free reign to go across at the June 6 agreement announcement when he legitimised sports watching. So, you know, Great. he's saying, look, we're partnering. So... It's no surprise that players are going across, and we've just seen John Rahm, obviously. Part of the agreement was that they wouldn't poach players, but we know that that's, you know, probably one of those, mm. well, yeah, sure, but we might do it anyway. <laughs> yeah. One of those things. So I didn't think there was any lib bashing in there, though. No, not at all. I, I'm, I'm pretty sure we, we both agreed that uh, with uh, Jay Monaghan telling everybody at the start of last year not to deal with the Saudis, and then halfway through the year dealing with the Saudis himself, and now we've got this mess. I think we both said that it's probably the end of Jay Monaghan. Yeah, absolutely. I, I, I don't, well, I can't see how that's uh, live bashing. But anyway, uh, mm. Chris is very welcome to start his own podcast and give his own views. <laughs> absolutely. Yes, that's true. We might even listen. Message from Joe, who's our favourite greenkeeper here at Napier in New Zealand. Uh, you might remember Joe. was on the, on, the, on the pot a while ago. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. He's a greenkeeper at, uh, uh, yeah. at the Awatoto Golf Course. That's it. It's fantastic. Yes. Joe's written in, Hey, guys, the John Rahm news was shocking. I didn't believe it until it was official. He's gone against everything he ever said about PGA and Liv. He said, I don't play for the money, but then money is part of the reason for signing, of course. Yep. He can play the Masters for life. He's exempt from the other majors for years to come. He must know something that's going on behind the scenes. He is amazing to watch. But he does nothing for me wanting to watch Live Golf. 2024, by the way, is the year of the Fox, Ryan Fox, on PGA. Uh, go, Ryan. Um, that's actually a very interesting point. Mm. John Rahm going across, will that make more people watch Live tournaments? It's not, it's not mm-hmm. going to make me watch more Live tournaments, but it, it, it may well get a, a few extras across the line. Nick, what do you reckon? Yeah, it, it'll get a few eyeballs, especially in the Spanish region. Yeah, that's right. Um, so, yeah, as I've said all along, it's not my 
cup of tea to watch it. Really, the the bit, the, my, the fun event that I do enjoy watching is the team one at the end of the year. So, um, but the others not so much. But uh, hey, and Adelaide, Adelaide is the other good one to watch. I was there. It was yeah. uh, it was a lot of fun. Yeah. It was a lot of fun, especially when the crowd was standing not behind the ropes, not behind the, uh, the the bunkers. They were standing on the fringe. They were standing on the fringe of the green on the last hole. It was amazing. <laughs> now another uh, another whack here. This one from Chris Ford. Chris has said the PIF is one of the world's largest sovereign wealth funds. Why are you guys continually mentioning Liv losing money in its first year? They're investing billions worldwide. They're going to make trillions in return. I, I don't think we're harping on it. But I think it's just it was it was a footnote that they haven't been making money. Um, I think last week we mentioned about they are playing the long game. Yeah. Um, so if they keep going, I think they will eventually because everyone will go across, and I think they will make money uh, eventually. Mm, no, I, well, I think the long game is what you said. Yeah, for sure. And uh, when you think about it, golf-wise, yeah, they are losing. You know, money yeah. each week that it goes along, but in the long term, because it's all about this neon city, and creating the, uh, you know, all the all the businesses yeah. and everyone to come in on on top of that. Well, then, the long game it is, and and I'm sure they will eventually probably make some money. And if they don't, well, they've still got what is it, five billion coming out of the uh, ground each day. That's right, five billion every day, and two hundred years worth of oil to drag out of the ground. That's a lot there. I think they're going okay. They're doing all right. We could spend the next 20 minutes talking about live PGA feedback. We won't, but I'll finish on this one because this yep. is an interesting one that I'd like your view on. Yep. Vladimir has said, I don't see a problem. Baseball, NBA are all on almost billion dollar contracts. Why shouldn't golfers be on, uh, why shouldn't golfers be as well? Why do they have to play for prize money? Why do they have to play for prize money? Yeah. That's an interesting point actually, but then there's no incentive to win, is there? That's right. So, at the end of the day, you're playing for a prize, whereas in the NBA, and they're all on guaranteed contracts, and that's why I actually don't like watching regular season basketball and baseball games because there's so many of them, 162 baseball games, 82 basketball games. It only gets interesting when you get to the playoffs Yeah. at the end of the day. Now, golf-wise, uh, it's a different story because you have all these players coming through who obviously wouldn't be on any guaranteed contracts, so they need to work their way up and try and beat everyone else, and the prize at the end of that is a nice check. But, yeah. you know, it depends if you're playing for the money or the trophy. Yeah, it's funny because in a team sport, the better you play, the bigger your contract becomes, and in a way that is pay for play. Mm -hmm. uh, golf's always been the better you play, the more money you get. But I think in team sport, it's just a little bit different. You become more valuable as a player because of your input into the team. Where in golf, there's no input into any team, yeah. um, except for live golf. Um, yeah, I think individual sports are just different. Tennis is the same. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, whereas if you go, you know, cricket and uh, football, whatever it is, yeah, yeah. It, it, it's a different setup. Yep. Now we've got someone who wants to apologise here. Oh, Dazzler. Hey, hey guys, great episode again last week. The Ram chat was very interesting. Nick, I want to apologise for giving Marco credit for suggesting the smaller driver head for the pros. <laughs> yes, thank you. Much, much deserved there. Thank you. I, want, uh, I was looking for that bit of feedback. That's why I started with it this week. It gave you full credit. Yeah. Uh, well done. No, well thank, done. thank you, Daz. I appreciate that. Now, this is interesting. So we, we were talking last week. We heard a question last week from Ross in Mackay about when to press when you're playing with your mates or, or when you're playing competitively mm. at the same time. Dale has replied to that. He said, my tip for pressing your mates, don't pull the trigger unless you have an advantage over them. They might be a strong iron player and have a couple of par threes to finish and or a solid driver and it's an easy par five to finish. Yes, yeah, that makes sense. 
Yep. Very, very good. Very strategic. Situational awareness. Yeah, I like it. There we go. Marco, you did a masterclass last week on staying down. Yes. We had some feedback on that. John Rogers. Now, John is a PGA pro uh, at Thaguna Country Club in Albury. Right. And he commented on that. Good. And he said... Real long hitters actually move up, down, up, in my view. A little up in the backswing, down in the downswing, and up again through impact. I'm not talking about early extension, but athletic movement that is usually stolen from most golfers at an early age. Yes, uh, I, I agree with that. I know exactly what he's talking about. Um, but that masterclass was certainly uh, for players who aren't so athletic. Yeah. But uh, yeah, I, I, I like his point. Well, well, well made, a point well made. Thank you, John. Uh, now, yep. final bit of feedback, and this is a really lovely one to finish on this, as the last bit of feedback for the year. Ooh. This is from Andrew, who is in Kiama in New South Wales, which is one of the most beautiful places you'll is ever Is it see. really? Oh, where, my gosh. Whereabouts is Kiama? On, it's the, a, on the coast? It's a, yes, it is. It's about it's about an hour south of Wollongong. Oh, nice. Uh, which, as you know, is God's own country. Yes, that's, but, well, that's where you're from, Dan. But Kiama is stunning. It is stunning. Wow, Okay. Andrew has written in, Hey guys, they say that you should never meet your heroes, and growing up, you guys were two of mine. Nick, I saw you on thir- a couple of Thursdays ago, but I didn't have the guts to go up and shake your hand. You still had that look about you, those signature sunnies that you wear like you're about to step onto the first tee. However, I was so impressed with how you found Danny and Darcy on the third tee after her mishap on the previous hole. You just gave us some reassurance in herself, and I thought that was pure class. Oh, isn't that nice? Oh, very nice. Thank you, Andrew. Yeah, it's funny. Uh, Danny Vasquez and Darcy Boyd, they just got married recently too. So uh, shout out to them. Danny was playing the Australian Open there at the Australian and Darcy was uh, doing the uh, fiancé thing at the time. That's caddying, so well done. <laughs> but she's uh, she's got a lot of talent, Danny, too, and uh, had a bit of a tough start. So just wanted to uh, say a couple of words. Anyway, very nice of you, Andrew. Thank you. Beautiful. Well, let's keep moving. Is on the back of my neck, so standing good. up. Yeah, I'm not. I'm not going to even talk about it, even though I just did. Okay. <laughs> the ping global results, and we're going to start locally this week because that tournament we had last week on the Sandbelt, the Sandbelt Invitational. What an event it was, Mark! It's How brilliant good, was isn't it? it? It wasn't covered so well in the press, but certainly people who were no. in the know um, followed along. And uh, yep. what what happened that? A hole in one on the 16th hole. It was unbelievable. After a birdie on one of the hardest holes on the course at Royal East. Yes, Daniel Gale had a four-shot lead going into the final round over the first... So here's the courses, by the way, and you're just going to drool at this if you're overseas listening to uh, our podcast. If you're a local, where you can get to play them. But the Victoria Golf Club round one, Yarra Yarra round two, Peninsula Kingswood round three, and then Royal Melbourne, uh, the East course... Uh, for round four. So Daniel Gale played some beautiful golf, had a four-shot lead, but basically had given it all away and found himself, I think, two back with four holes to go uh, against Matt Griffin, who played a really nice final round of golf. He ended up, uh, you know, remember, do you know the 15th hole at the East? Yeah, I I love the East golf course. Yeah, love it. Yep. So he's driven it through the green, hit it over the green on the par four, got up and down for the birdie. Oh, that's impossible. Walk across the road. I know. Walk across the road to the 16th, which was famously called by Tom Watson the best par three on the property, uh, and they weren't even playing it that year in the composite. 
And uh, he steps up there and makes a hole in one. Thank you very much. I think that was his first in competition too as a pro. Unbelievable. Unbelievable, wasn't it? And then he uh, parred the last two holes, hold a, rolled a nice four or five footer in for the uh, one shot win over over Matty Griffin. So a uh, spectacular finish there by Daniel Gale. On the women's pro side, Robin Choi had a one shot win over American Heather Lynn. Um, the amateur from the women's section was won by Jazzy Roberts, who we've actually seen on some of our WPS events here in Australia. Mm-hmm. Fine young player. She had a five shot win over Emma Hammett, who's off a plus five herself. So. Pretty impressive. Jazzy actually finished tied seventh in the overall tournament too, so incredible there. Men's amateur, Phoenix Campbell, had a three-shot win over Quinn Croker. So a great result for Phoenix, and he finished tied fifth in the overall tournament as well. So well done to Mike Clayton and Jeff Ogilvie and his foundation for the uh, for the golf tournament. They did an outstanding job. I was out there actually caddying for Jordan Zunick at Peninsula Kingswood on one of the days just mm. to keep an eye on what he was doing and uh, I tell you they ran it very very nicely it was a well run tournament can I ask you a question please Nick uh, if yeah. Victoria because we know we've got in Adelaide we've got the the big live event which is which is a nice balance in Queensland we mm-hmm. have the Australian PGA Sydney seems to have a hold of the Australian Open it gets it most years if uh, Melbourne was to get a tournament back, a big-time tournament, would you prefer the Australian Masters to make a comeback or would you prefer a Sandbelt Classic-style tournament uh, to come back? Which way would you go? <laughs> I, 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 I was a member at Huntingdale for 30 years, so it's, only, it's very close, but I think I'd rather the Australian Masters. But the idea of showcasing the Sandbelt every year to the rest of the world is very appealing. Yeah. Well, why can't we have both? I mean, that, that'd okay. be nice. Okay. If you had to choose one, I mean, the Masters has the history there. Remember the Golden Jackets? That's a lot of fun. But, yeah, the Sandbelt, I mean, all these golf courses are incredible. I actually played Vic the other day, too, in uh, an yeah. event yeah. Uh, for charity. Yeah. Friends of mine, uh, Mark and Ann Roberts, had put on. Yeah. You know what it's called? Range on the Range. Range on the Range. <laughs> I like it. Yes. Uh, yeah, we played a, a beautiful uh, 18 holes in the morning, and then the afternoon at dinner, you drank some plenty of Grange, so it was a lot of fun. Hey, um, I've got an idea for the tournament in Melbourne. And, okay. and uh, the art of compromise is very important in this world, particularly with the low tolerance that we see all over the place. How about, don't worry about the Australian Masters or the Sandbelt Classic, how about we have the Sandbelt Masters? Oh. There you go. Boom. Okay. Both Combine con- it into one. Both concepts. We get the yellow jacket comeback. We get the big trophy comeback. But it's the Sandbelt Masters. Um, I'd love Royal Melbourne to be the focus every single year, the composite course, because I think it is the best golf course in the whole world. So if you got to play mm. uh, one round at uh, Royal Melbourne Composite, one round at, let's say, Kingston Heath, one round at uh, PK North or Victoria or Metropolitan, um, and then everyone comes back for the last day again and we finish at Royal Melbourne Composite and call it the Sandbelt Masters. I reckon you get a lot of players coming down to play in that event. Hey, you're in ideas, man. I like it, Mark. Well done. Well done. The spirit, spirit of compromise. Can I ask you a question, Nick? You said before that you were caddying. Uh, so for, for a bloke who was the world number 16 to caddy, that's fantastic, I reckon. Do you do that? Do you do that often? No, <laughs> no, never really, to be honest. But uh, Jordan's a, a young pro uh, here in Australia that I help uh, do a bit of mentoring uh, with, and he just wanted me to check him out one day, uh, 
during the tournament just to see how he was going. And I said, well, hey, I may as well get up close and personal. I may as well caddy for you. So I just slung the, slung the cubs over the bag. I wish he had a half set like I did because it was bloody heavy by the end of it, I tell you. But um, it was a lot of fun. And, and PK, uh, tell you what, the course looked an absolute treat. So well done to them out there. Actually, I drove in the front gate the other day. PK is looking unbelievable. Yeah. Wow. Yeah, the greens are just like carpet, so just unbelievable, as you said. Now, uh, back to the Ping Global results. Uh, on the PGA Tour, Yes, uh, we had the PNC Championship, which was the parent-child event. Um, used to be the father-son, but since Anakin started playing, it's, mm. you know, they had to change it to parent-child, I guess. That was at the Ritz-Carlton in Orlando. Not a very uh, great course. I've, I've no. played the Ritz-Carlton, and it's, yeah, typical Florida, a lot of lakes, all that sort of stuff. So It's not a very good course. Yeah. Oh, hey, it's good for the guests that stay at the yes. Ritz-Carlton, yes, I suppose. Yes, but yes. Team Langer, Bernard and his son uh, had a two-shot win over Team Duval, David Duval and his son. Uh, and obviously, we've mentioned Tiger and Charlie. They finished tied for fifth. Charlie... Drove it over a 320-yard par four at one mm. stage. That was unbelievable, the yep. speed he's creating. So pretty impressive. Also going on in the States at the moment, and I was hoping it was finished by the time we did the podcast, but unfortunately it's not, is the PGA Q School uh, presented by Corn Ferry Tour. So the top five players plus ties, there's no playoff with this one, Mark, plus ties get their PGA Tour card, and then the next 40 on list get Corn Ferry status. Fantastic. So at the time of recording, um, round four had been postponed uh, a day because of storms. Harrison Endicott, who had his card, he has a two-shot lead. Mm. So he's looking really good at this stage. He sits at 12 under par. The mark's going to be around eight or nine under, I'm thinking. So if he can just shoot a par around the last final day, I think he'll definitely be in. We've also got a few other uh, Aussies playing. Tom Power Horn, he's at two under at the moment, so he's going to need like a six under round, I'd say. He did shoot six under in his third round, so he started to get it going. Um, John Lyris has one over. Dave Michaluzzi's over there as well at five over. He actually did some press and said, well, I may as well come over. I've already got my DP World card. Why don't I give this a go as well? So um, mm. all the best to those guys uh, over there at the Q School at uh, TPC Sawgrass on the Valley course, not the stadium course, so uh, a little different. Uh, on the DP World Tour, they're in Mauritius this week. Ping's Louis Oosthuizen had a two-shot win over Laurie Cantor. Um, back-to-back wins, I think yeah. that is for Louis. So well done there. I'm going to do a little masterclass on him a bit later. Um, tied for 59th was the lone Aussie who made the cut, Andrew Martin. So uh, it's just you know a decent start. Just making cuts early on in your DP World Tour season. Well done. And then the final event on the Asian Tour was the Saudi Open presented by the PIF. <laughs> it's the final uh, final tournament. And how much money do you think the Asian Tour plays for in a season, Mark? I'll just give you a bit of a guess. Uh, 20 million bucks. $35 million Jeez. this season. Well done. And you know why? It's because they've pumped yeah. a lot of these international series events up through the PIF. So uh, they're pumping money in all over the place. Not the $600 million of John Rahm, but $35 million for the Tour is pretty impressive. So anyway... We had a very unusual thing happen. The guy who won Thailand's Denwit Buribunsab. Yes. I got that out. Yeah. Did well there. 19-year-old. Uh, two weeks ago, he won the Thailand Open on the All-Thailand Golf Tour. One week ago, he won the Aramco Invitational on the Asian Development Tour. Oh, you're kidding. And this week, he wins the Saudi Open. So three wins in a row on three different tours. How's that? Unbelievable. 19 years old, shot a 64 final round to defeat Henrik Stenson by three shot. Henrik's playing for wow. world ranking points, obviously. Yeah, yeah. And a great result for our own Travis Smythe, who finished third. So Travis has had a 
excellent year on the Asian Tour, and I'll talk about the Order of Merit in just a moment. But the other Aussies who played, Todd Sinnott tied for 10th, and uh, Doug Klein, the next best of the Aussies, at tied for 23rd. So basically, this is the last event. So top 65, keep your card on the Asian Tour, right? Yeah. Like all the tours, you got to finish in that top 65, so you get status for the following year. The winner of the Order of Merit was uh, Andy Ogletree. Obviously, he's going to live now because he won the um, the International Series as well. Travis Mice finished fourth on the Order of Merit. Great effort. New Zealand's Ben Campbell fifth. But around that bubble mark, uh, Scotty Hen was 64, just kept inside. Good Unfortunately, Doug Klein just finished outside at 67. But a lot of guys like uh, Zach Murray, Jack Thompson, Todd Sinnott, they all keep their cards for next year. So really yeah. good efforts by those guys to play well on the Asian Tour all year because it's a, it's a pretty yeah. tough... Uh, Tough tour to play week in, week out, especially with all that humidity. Mate, it is a tough existence. I don't know about you. The, the times I played in Asia, some of the hot places, oh. you'd throw you'd throw all your clothes away at the end of the week. They, they were useless. Yeah. Singapore, Kuala Lumpur, oh. Thailand, you name it. It's just unbelievable. You want to lose a bit of weight, go play the Asian tour because <laughs> what will happen is you'll probably get a bit of barley belly at one stage as well. So anyway, but that's the final thing Global Results for the year. Beautiful. Last week you did your top ten uh, in the top five, which is unusual, well, Nick. Turned into a top ten. Uh, I'm going to try and keep it at five, uh, and this time it is the best things that I have seen in golf in 2023. And would you believe I like it. Europe's Ryder right, right Cup victory over the United States? I love it when they beat the United States. Did not make it in. They, oh, was, they were really? sixth. Yeah, they were sixth. They were wow. sixth. Number five best thing I've seen in golf in 2023. Is Charlie Woods' swing? <laughs> it is. He's swinging it better than his dad, easily. Not by a little bit, by a long, long way. He's only fourteen mm. years old. He's got very short clubs, which I highly recommend. Uh, if you've got a little kid who shows a little bit in golf, get him in the blades. He's got to be good at that, you know. Don't. If your kid's no no good, don't get him blades. But if your kid can hit the ball. Get him into a set of blades very, very early because you want to force him to find and search for that sweet spot. You don't want it easy. Um, but Charlie Woods' swing, my God, it is as good as I've seen. Uh, this performance in the Solheim Cup of Segunda. What's her first name again, Nick? Segunda? Carlotta Segunda. Thank you. Her efforts in the Solheim Cup in her home country were enormous. If you happen to be watching it, you know what I'm talking about. Everything she did, particularly the shot on the last to win the lot, was... Well, she was my number one top ten shots of the year. Yeah, there you go. So she, The footage is amazing. There you go. It, it, it's, it, it is incredible what she did. So if you haven't seen it, it was very, very good. Uh, number three, four Australians to get four of the five cards ah, yes. in on the Champions Tour. That is, that just still, it blows my mind. We were celebrating Richard Green. We used to celebrate uh, when Peter Senior won it. I think we even celebrated with Dave McKenzie got on. <laughs> mm. So, to get. I mean, the odds of that would be a ridiculous. Ridiculous. Four guys. Getting. Ridiculous. Four Aussies getting four of the five cards. Unbelievable. It'll never happen again. At number two, he's gone to live. But John Rahm. The way he played, I'm, I've got here the back nine, but I reckon it was probably the last 12 holes. He, he had a lead, and quite often, we always talk about it, the lead gets chopped away. Mm. Not for not for John Rahm in this Masters. That last nine holes of golf was just foot-on-the-throat golf. It was perfect. Yeah. 
And you know who, whose footy had the throat on? Remind Brooks Kepka. Yeah, Kepka. Final final round in that pairing. It was a uh, it was two alpha males, and and Ram was the beast. Oh, he, he that's exactly what he was. He was a beast. Nothing, no hint of any backing up. It was just, it was so beautiful to watch. Uh, and at number one, well, I probably paved the way for this kid really when we're talking about uh, college careers because he, he's the number one at Texas Tech. <laughs> oh, here we go. <laughs> <laughs> he's the number. He, he came Ludwig Aber. I'll even say his word, his name right. Um, he, he wins. He wins the very first ever uh, college uh, exemption onto the PGA Tour. Uh, then he goes on and quickly wins in Europe. He plays so well that he gets a spot on the Ryder Cup team for Europe and performs well and helps them beat America. Uh, and then he goes on and has a win also in the United States. But the way he does it, the way he swings, I've never seen anything like this player. Um, so he's the best thing that I've seen in golf in 2022. Mm. And who pay, who paved the way for him? I did. <laughs> yeah, well, obviously Ludwig saw all those honour boards up there, you know, that they have the honour roll of the best players at Texas Tech. And he saw somewhere in a corner. Uh, he broke a few of my records. Lead, leading leading player out of bunkers, Mark Allen. That's the one I got to beat. Ah, That's he, the one I got to beat. He, he beat a he beat just a couple of my records along the way. I congratulate <laughs> him. Um, but uh, gee whiz, the Texas if you get kids, if you get offered a scholarship at Texas Tech these days, make sure you mm-hmm. grab that sucker with both hands. Ah, but Ludwig, he was a. Breath of fresh air and so good for the game of golf and a future world number one, no doubt. No, no doubt about that. Uh, it's time for the very last masterclass of 2023. This week, if you watch the DP World Tour event in Mauritius, uh, where Louis Oosthuizen had a two-shot win over Laurie Cantor. Now, I used to love playing with Louis back in the day because everything he does is just so effortless mm. and graceful. Mm. And you think, I remember playing him with him at the Houston Open one year, and I've piped my drive out there pretty good. And I, I know I'm not a long hitter, right? Yeah. He had two iron in his hand, and I think he flew me. Oh. My driver, he hit two iron. And I thought, oh, my gosh, where does he get the power from? Because he's not a big guy. And in golf, you'll hear this term a lot. You want effortless power. A lot of amateurs out there have, unfortunately, powerless effort. Yes. So, <laughs> and it's funny, you know, if you watched any of the PNC Championship and we've spoken about Charlie Woods' golf swing, kids, they have a lot of effortless power and a lot of it has to do with the lower half and how they move their lower half on the transition in the golf swing. So I want to talk a little bit about that. That's what the masterclass is about this week. So when you get to the top of your backswing, Something I always liked to work on was my, my thought, or if I was practicing, was work from the ground up. So usually with the backswing, you sort of club moves away first, then the arms, the upper body and everything. It's very much an upper body sort of move, but the downswing or the through swing, as I call it, work from the ground up. So it's really from the lower half. That's where you want to start the transition. And what that creates is a bit of lag in the golf swing and you get that effortless speed through the ball. And one of the drills I used to do, and I'll, I'll post a, a video of this on socials later, but I'd get the driver out, tee it up as you normally would, and then as a right-handed golfer, move your left foot back to your right, 
make your backswing, and just before you get to the top of the backswing, you step into the ball, and all of a sudden, you're creating this really good lag in your golf swing. Now, the other thing with this is, at setup, just have a nice soft grip and make a slow takeaway. We've spoken about this before, Mark. If you take a nice slow backswing, guess mm. what? You're going to build momentum and speed through the ball, so you'll create this effortless power. I love the way Louis does it, and if you watch some of these young kids these days, they're creating it as well. Some of them are going out a bit harder than I would. However, they are creating effortless power, so that's what this week's all about. Magnificent, and that is a ripper, and I reckon a lot of people will be coming out in 2024 with much more lag mm-hmm. and much more power and softer hands and all those things you're talking about, Nick. It just makes sense. Hey, a few people we've got to thank, Nick. Uh, let's we've got, we've got to thank Dan. Dan, thanks for putting everything together. Yes. What do you do for us uh, behind the scenes? Incredible. Daryl Misson, our sound technician. He's an absolute champion. <laughs> Tireless working with him. Uh, so thank especially you, with the, uh, especially with the theme song that we had oh, this yeah, year, yeah, right? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, he's been fantastic. Uh, we'd like to thank Australian Golf Headquarters uh, right here at Sandy Golf for letting us use uh, their facility week in, week out. We much appreciate it. A big thank you, folks. Uh, Ping, uh, Nick, uh, you might as well go on with Ping. Mm. Uh, their support uh, is very, very valuable to us. Yeah, it certainly is. Thanks to Paul Rosa over there in Sydney and all the Ping teams throughout the country. Wonderful company to deal with and, of course, headquarters back in the States. So thank you very much for your support. And also the Golf Clearance Outlet, wherever you find them, right across the country. Sam Colosimo, thanks for getting behind us. We appreciate that uh, and we look forward to talking golf right through 2024. Yeah, well said there, Mark. Brilliant. And it's been a pleasure this year doing it with you guys. Uh, Had a lot of fun and we'll see you next year. Beautiful. Thanks for listening to Nick O'Hearn and Mark Allen's podcast, Talk Birdie to Me. And if you're looking for some new gear, Ping is absolute top class. Ping help you play your best. Contact your local golf shop or professional and they'll sort you out. And the Golf Clearance Outlet, who beat everyone's prices. They're in Melbourne, Sydney, Brisbane and Perth and online at golfclearanceoutlet.com.au. Got a favour to ask? Wherever you listen, if you get a chance to rate and review the pod, that would be fantastic. And if you subscribe, you'll never miss an episode. Talk Birdies and his executive producer is Dan Bradley at Kaizen Media and sound design is by Daryl Misson at loudzebra.com. You know what? This would be a great TV show. This this would be a great TV show. Imagine if you just got up and did a little masterclass in a net, you know, Golf Channel style. Uh, we had some videos from around the world of all the funny stuff we're talking about. You know, you talk about Charlie Woods' swing. It's just in the background. Oh, bet. So, and the weekly updates on what's happening uh, in the tournaments. I tell you what, Mark, I think that's a great idea. That's right. And when the Ping Global results come on, you could actually be seen dancing in the background or, or just walking <laughs> from backstage onto the main stage. Yeah. And you know what? The nineteenth hole, I'll have uh, I'll have that glass of red with me, and we can talk about that as well. <laughs> if it was a TV show, would you wear that top, Mark? No, I would, no, I'd I'd be wearing uh, very nice clothes because that looks like an around the house top. I yeah, reckon. it is. This is a dance. I mean, I like it. It's but a it's dance a re- top. No, I wouldn't do it. Yeah. I wouldn't do it. I, I know what you'd have on. You'd have on the Gazman stuff. Wouldn't yeah, you? yeah, good. I would. I'd have the Gazman gear on. <laughs> and you'd be wearing ping gear, Nick. I reckon. No, it'd be good. It'd be good, mate. You'd have your Titleist. Uh, I'd have my Titleist golf bag out the front. You'd have your ping tour bag right there. Be all happening. Anyway, we can only dream. We can only dream. That's true. Acast powers the world's best podcasts. Here's a show that we recommend. 
The Real Housewives is a guilty pleasure for most, but if you're looking to not feel guilty about that pleasure, tune in to Everything Iconic with me, Danny Pellegrino, where I break down all the messy moments and behind-the-scenes antics of Bravo's popular franchise. On Everything Iconic, I also interview celebrity guests like Kelly Ripa, Kiki Palmer, Drew Barrymore, Cameron Diaz, and more about their guilty pleasures, their past work, and so much more. So if you're pop culture obsessed and find yourself watching way too much reality TV like me, tune in to Everything Iconic with Danny Pellegrino, wherever you listen to podcasts. ACAST helps creators launch, grow, and monetize their podcasts everywhere. ACAST.com.